been struck lately by how early the sun is setting these days, how quickly it seems that the afternoon gives way to evening. But why am I surprised? It happens this way at this time every year. Maybe, I'm starting to think, maybe I'm just a little dense. Another example, I was thinking about this the other day when, back when my wife Tracy was about to give birth to our second child, and as sometimes happens, her labor that time was proceeding a lot faster than it did the first time. And just before our daughter was born, there in the labor and delivery room, I found myself all of a sudden struck by where we were and by what was about to happen. And I said out loud, oh my God, we're gonna have another baby. <laughs> like it was some kind of surprise. <laughs> like we hadn't been down this road before or Tracy had not actually, though she'd been pregnant for months and I live with her, so I'm not how, sure how I missed that memo. Like I said, maybe I'm just dense. But reflecting on this, I realize I do have this kind of built-in or practiced habit of tending to assume that the way things are right now, well, they're just gonna keep on being the way they are into the foreseeable future. Even though we know that's not how life works, right? Change is a constant. Things happen when we least expect it, like it or not. And even with its challenges and disruptions, change is good for us, right? Think about the seasons. Even if you love summer and it's your favorite time of year, would you really want it all the time? If so, there's some land in Florida for sale that you might want to check out. Not, not encourage you to do that, but, but come on, isn't there something invigorating after summer's heat and humidity when fall comes? I am somebody who loves and needs the change of seasons and how the seasons shape and inform my spiritual life. I am ever grateful for that with this seasonal dance of light and shadow and beginnings and endings and growth and death. And in the church calendar today, we enter a new season, the season of Advent, which is the four weeks that lead up to Easter. No. <laughs> that was a test. Getting a little ahead of things here. The four weeks that lead up to Christmas, that other big holiday. 
that time. And Advent is this time of waiting and watching and getting ready for the promise that love is going to be born in us, making room in our hearts and in our minds for this. And when I think of Advent, I picture our weekly Vesper services here, which we didn't have last winter, but we are going to have this year, when we gather here on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock for this simple and spacious half hour to light candles and just be present to some quiet for a change and light candles in the dark and be open to what is stirring in us and around us. And another season that just is about to start, as I mentioned earlier, that this evening at sundown, the Jewish festival of Hanukkah begins. And I really appreciate its invitation, especially in hard times, to imagine that things might actually go better than we are expecting, that we should be people expecting a miracle even. As many of you know, Hanukkah celebrates the rededication of Israel's holy temple after it had been desecrated, after it had been overrun by invading troops who ruled the land back then. And these Jewish fighters managed to take back the temple from those who had wrecked it, but then they discovered that it was a real mess and even worse, there was only enough holy oil to light the menorah for one day. And the miracle of Hanukkah is that against all expectation, that oil lasted and burned for eight days until more oil could be produced and consecrated. And so this causes me to want to ask you a question as we enter this new season. And the question is this, what are you expecting? Are you expecting, as I sometimes tend to do, that life is just going to be more of the same? Or maybe after all the struggles of the past 20 months, you might be feeling a little jaded and expecting, well, that would be lucky. I'm expecting things are probably going to go downhill from here. And you, you couldn't be blamed for that, right? Maybe you've lowered your expectations in this trying time. Or maybe you're someone who doesn't need to hear this sermon today because you're expecting something new, something better. Maybe you're expecting a miracle even. Living with the challenges of this pandemic has certainly changed me, and I expect it has changed you too. How could it not? It certainly made me somewhat more flexible and adaptable, but it's also made me more hesitant and cautious about life in general and about human nature in particular. And so I need the invitation of this season to expect something better than just more of the same. And this is the image that Reverend Lynn Unger 
lifts up from the Hanukkah story. So I invite you to hear her words as speaking directly to you, especially if you're needing some encouragement these days. Come down from the hills, declare the fighting done. Be bold, declare victory even when the temple is wrecked and the tyrants have not retreated, only coiled back like a snake ready to strike again. Come down, try to remember a life gentled by daily acts of domestic faith. The pot set to boil, the bed made up, the table set in calm expectation that when the sun sets, we will still be here. One of the things that I really appreciate and love about the Jewish tradition, and you hear it in this poem, is that much of it can be practiced at home. Who among us wouldn't benefit from a life gentled by daily acts of domestic faith? A life grounded in and nourished by simple pleasures like the pot put on to boil, the table set, these little affirmations that life is good and that in the midst of all that is changeable, there are things which endure. Reverend Unger's words feel right and good for this moment that we're living in, don't they? As we're trying to find our way out of this pandemic, even as we live with its limitations. And I think especially as we enter this season, which invites us to imagine a new way. So if you're weary or discouraged, take heart. We've done this before. Come down and settle, unlearn the years of hiding. Light fires that can be seen for miles, that dance and spark and warm the frozen marrow. Set lamps in the window, declare your presence, your loyalties, the truths for which you do not expect to have to die. It would take a miracle, you say, to carve such a solid life out of the shell of fear. I say you are the stuff from which such miracles are made. There's a hymn written by a man named Brian Wren. It's in our hymnal. It's called Bring Many Names. And it takes the expected stereotypical images for God and turns them a little upside down or inside out in ways that I find moving and liberating. One of the early verses says this, Strong Mother God, working night and day, planning all the wonders of creation, setting each equation, genius at play, hail and hosanna, strong Mother God. The next verse goes toward the divine masculine and says, warm Father God, hugging every child, feeling all the strains of human living, caring and forgiving till we're reconciled. And I wonder, 
How do you imagine that great and fathomless mystery called God? Is your imagining open for discussion and even revision, or is it settled, carved in stone? Have you closed your mind on God, or are you open to it being changed and adapted and updated? Are you willing to explore and modify your theological understandings? I hope that the invitation that we've been in this month to be on the way of imagination, I hope that it won't end when December comes later this week, that we will continue to explore and wonder about and invite that which is not yet, but which could be, that we will not cease from exploration, as T.S. Eliot once put it. I hope that when it comes to matters of the spirit, this will be our aim to crib some words from another source, to boldly go where we have not gone before. There's another verse in Bring Many Names that I want to share with you. Young, growing God, eager still to know, willing to be changed by what you've started, quick to be delighted, Singing as you go, hail and hosanna, young, growing God. I find it interesting that this verse was rejected by some denominations because a changeable God was a little too much for some church folks. That verse just doesn't appear in some hymnals. In a world where People are rightly wearied by change and uncertainty. They often want the church to be an unchanging refuge of safety and stability. It's understandable, but is that who we are called to be as people of faith? No. Nor is it the kind of God I hear speaking in these words from the prophet Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I am doing a new thing. Our days and our lives are this combination, this blessed combination of some daily sameness and repetition with seasonal patterns of ebb and flow, punctuated at times by dramatic change, whether by choice or by chance. And as we get older, we do tend to become less excited by change less enthusiastic about it and probably more resistant to it. But the truth is it's good for us, isn't it? 
It's essential, I believe, that we do everything we can to remain awake and engaged, really alive, open to change, willing to imagine what might be, willing to imagine what is not yet. We're coming into this season now where we hear the age-old promise. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This season, when we hear the story of the holy come to earth as one of us, this season when we are invited to imagine that heaven is not out there somewhere, but right here with these companions on this beautiful and broken earth. When we are invited to imagine the holy in ourselves and in others, to embody that love and then share it as best we can. It could seem a miracle, you might say, to imagine yourself as part of such wholeness and holiness, to picture yourself as a bearer of God's love, to imagine a new thing, a new way. But I say you are the stuff from which such miracles are made. You are the stuff from which such miracles are made. Amen.